I am at the California Science Center with my boyfriend, Mitch, and we've been exploring around, looking at all the exhibits, and we're currently at a part of the museum that has this big water pump that's simulating the tide in an ocean. And there's all this kelp floating around, and on the opposite side, there's a touch tank, and you can touch sea urchins and starfish. And the starfish that are inside this tank literally look like Patrick Star from SpongeBob SquarePants. They're bright pink and really chubby. They're so cool to look at. But one thing that's fascinating to me about starfish is that when you cut off a limb, they regenerate limbs. So it just got me thinking about how different species regenerate lost limbs, organs. I would love to research more about that. So let's talk about it, shall we? Why, hello there. Welcome to Little Curiosities. I'm your host, Kendall Long. For those of you that recognize me outside of this podcast, you might know me from a show called The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. And on those shows, I was not only the crazy taxidermy girl, but I was on a quest to find love. But on this podcast, I'm on a completely different kind of quest, a quest for knowledge. And on this podcast, I try to answer questions like, do real life zombies exist? Are there species that can live forever? Or, in this week's case, what animals can regenerate lost limbs? As you heard from my curiosity spark at the beginning of this episode, starfish can regenerate lost limbs, but there are so many other different animals that can grow body parts. When I was researching for this episode, I couldn't help but go all the way back to my childhood, where I experienced my first ever limb regeneration. I remember my dog would be in hot pursuit of lizards in our backyard, constantly trying to catch them. And a lot of the times he didn't, but sometimes he did. And when he caught this one really large lizard, its tail fell off. And while the lizard was getting away, the tail was just wiggling in front of me. And I remember thinking, this is insane. There's no body attached to this tail, and it's moving as if it was alive. It had some separate brain. At the time, I freaked out to my parents, showed them the tail, and they assured me that the lizard was not hurt and it would grow a new tail. And this was just some nerve reaction left behind as a distraction for our dog. And it definitely worked because my dog at the time was fascinated by this tail. It had to get this tail, but the lizard was long gone. In the case of that lizard that blew my mind all those years ago, losing its tail potentially saved its life. And that's the case with a lot of reptiles. Reptiles can, of course, famously regrow limbs, mainly their tails. When a lizard such as a gecko or an iguana feels threatened by a predator, it can detach its tail and make a run for it. But the question that perplexed me when I was a kid was how does that lizard's tail keep moving after it's no longer attached to the body? And my adult self is now answering that question. The answer is that nerves from the lizard's body are still firing and communicating with each other. Sometimes the tail can keep moving for upwards of a half an hour. And this ensures that predators like my dog and many other predators out there are plenty distracted as the lizard makes its clean getaway. This voluntary self-amputation is called caudal autonomy. And it doesn't just happen with lizards. It's also found in certain worms and salamanders. 
these animals opt to shed an appendage instead of becoming a snack. And quite frankly, who can blame them? It's not completely clear if the lizard is dropping its tail on purpose, but it sure seems like it is. I tried to find out if losing its tail hurts the lizard because it does bleed and it's an open wound. Although I couldn't find a specific answer, caudal autonomy seems to not seriously harm the lizard in any way. It does the opposite. It saves a lizard's life in a lot of situations, including the unfortunate situation with my dog. But don't worry, buddy. You'll get a new tail soon. Bigger lizards, like the green iguana, can remove their tail when they feel threatened. And because they're larger, when the tail grows back, it's rarely ever the same color. It's often darker or maybe even gray or black. When these lizards are younger, it's much easier to grow a tail, but when a green iguana gets older, it may actually choose to use its energy to grow its size instead of its tail. That has to be a difficult choice for a green iguana. Do I want to have a beautiful tail, or do I want to get big and macho mismo? I don't know. Maybe if I was older and wiser, I would also choose the latter. In the case of the green iguana, the tail is replaced often without muscle. It can grow around 9 inches of lost tail, and it's a pretty big animal when it comes to its regenerative ability. But it's not the largest. That title goes to alligators. It is now the largest species known to regrow severed limbs. Limb, quote-unquote, it's a debated topic. Is a tail a limb? Not really, but it's still the largest animal capable of regrowing a body part, and that might be a more fitting title. Something I found interesting was that alligators can regrow body parts while crocodiles can't. I have no idea why this is the case. Why did alligators still retain the ability to regrow limbs? Crocodiles got the short end of the stick, or maybe they got the short end of the tail. Alligators' massive size makes it incredibly hard for them to regrow limbs, but they can still manage to do it. They can't regrow bones or skeletal muscle, but they can regrow cartilage, connective tissue, and skin. The original tail has all the fancy stuff, bones that make up vertebra, while the regrown tail is usually just supported by a rod of cartilage. When an alligator loses its tail, it won't grow back to its full glory, unfortunately. Instead, it will grow smaller and be deformed. If you look at a picture of an alligator that's regrown its tail, you'll notice that the scales are much, much smaller. It'll also tilt to one side, and although this little tail might be a little wonky, it's still better than no tail at all. So I say keep fighting, alligator. No matter how funky it grows back, because at least it grows back at all. That's more than I can say. If I cut off my pinky, it wouldn't grow back half as good. In fact, it wouldn't grow back. Period. End of sentence. And it's true. Alligators have way more regenerative abilities than humans. Humans can regrow nerve skin and blood vessels. So, not too much to brag about. But don't be so quick to get on your high haunches just yet, alligator, because they can grow way less than most lizards that can regrow a near-perfect tail with skeletal structures. In truth, it takes a lot for a larger animal to regrow any body part, let alone a body part that accounts for half of its length. For that hefty of a body part, why put the energy into regrowing it at all? So with all that energy investment, it has to be worth it in the long run. And it is for young alligators. 
juvenile alligators need tails. The baby alligators are basically on the menu of pretty much every predator out there, ranging from raccoons, snakes, otters, birds, large bass, and yes, even other larger alligators. The tails of the alligator help the juvenile avoid being munched on. Whether it's a distraction for a predator, much like lizards and my dog, or it also helps the animal propel itself through the water, making it way quicker to get away from a potential threat, and they use their tails as a weapon to defend itself when it feels threatened. I'm guessing that's probably why they lose them in the first place. Here's a rabbit hole side note, because I thought it was interesting that birds would eat baby alligators, and then, when they got older, alligators eat birds. How the turntables. Did you know how an alligator tries to catch a bird? Sometimes they literally put sticks on their face when they're floating in the water. And an unsuspecting bird's like, dum-de-dum, I'm trying to find things to build a nest. Oh, look at those sticks floating in the water. And then the alligator chomps on it when the bird gets too close. And yes, this is an example of tool use by the alligator. Look who's a smarty pants now. Although they may be taking turns wanting to eat each other currently, both alligators and birds have a common ancestor that goes back around 250 million years. Archosaurs, as they're called, look more like long-legged alligators than birds, but despite this, they both came from this common scaly ancestor. Alligators and birds are the only living archosaur groups left. And as you may have already guessed, the archosaur did have the ability to regenerate limbs. At some point, the alligator and the bird did diverge from each other, but the alligator kept some regenerative abilities, to some capacity at least, and the bird lost them. So why? A lot of mammals lost the ability to regrow limbs and other body parts. Scientists think this is because mammals have evolved to have much more complex biological structures. Limb regeneration would need some sort of sophisticated controls to ensure that limbs and organs don't grow out of control. Humans already have safety measures to prevent cells from growing uncontrollably, but these mechanisms often break down as a person ages. Usually this results in many different forms of cancer. Studying animals that have the ability to regrow limbs can potentially give us hope to do the same in the future. Fingers crossed, I would love to regrow my pinky, or whatever limb decides to be eaten by some wild animal. Until then, I'll just look off to reptiles in awe, thinking, if only. But actually, there are mammals that can regenerate lost organs. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit— when the spring sunshine is calling your name, don't call for greasy takeout. Get HelloFresh instead. Their quick, easy recipes make creating fresh meals super easy. I am in love with their chef-crafted recipes that feature ripe, seasonal ingredients. And they don't have a high price tag. They're much cheaper than grocery shopping because they have pre-portioned ingredients for every meal they have, plus they're 25% cheaper than takeout. And their new fresh and fast options are ready in just 15 minutes or less. 
I've been out of town for an entire week, and when I got home from the airport, I looked inside my fridge and I realized, oh, I have absolutely no groceries inside my fridge, and I had no time, and let's be honest, I was much, much too lazy to go grocery shopping for dinner, but thankfully, I had HelloFresh to save the night. HelloFresh makes cooking super easy and fast, and I was able to whip up a meal in no time. I made my fiance's favorite HelloFresh meal, at least one of them, the Bollywood chicken burger, and it was a perfect dinner after a long flight. The sauce they have on the sandwich is so good. Trust me. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LC16 and use code LC16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash LC16 and use code LC16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. It's not just the reptiles that have all the fun. Because deer, yes, deer like little Bambi frolicking through the forest, have the ability to regrow organs. What organ can they regrow, may you ask? They're antlers. And if you don't think that antlers are organs, they are. You can Google it. And if you're not a believer just yet, don't worry, because I also was very skeptical about antlers being organs. But when I did some research, I found out that they aren't made of dead cells like your fingernails or hair. Antlers are actually made of cells that are alive. Insert the audio of the scene from Young Frankenstein, where the doctor screams, It's alive! That's my favorite rendition of the Frankenstein movies. It's hilarious. You have to see it if you haven't seen it. From late March to early fall, antlers are covered in this fuzzy skin stuff called velvet. It feels and looks like soft moss covering a smooth stone. But below that, it's not just bone. Blood vessels and nerves wrap around the bone that is growing at a super rapid pace. And in the fall, the velvet shrinks and dies, becoming extremely itchy. And that's why you'll see male deers rubbing this velvet off on trees and branches, revealing strong, calcified bone. And thus, their transformation is complete. They're ready to show off those antlers to the ladies and to fight for a mate. And this doesn't just happen once. The ability to grow back antlers after shedding them happens every single year. A bull elk in its prime can grow antlers weighing around 20 pounds each. That's 40 pounds in all. When I was looking online trying to find the equivalent of what 40 pounds represents, I found out that an average elephant's heart is around 40 pounds. I'm not sure if that helps you figure out how big a deer's antlers are, but just imagine a graceful bull elk with an elephant's heart perched upon its head. That's about how big their antlers are. <laughs> that doesn't help at all, I know, but it's a funny picture to think about. That or the makings of a future horror film, I'm not quite sure. On a side note, I looked up the biggest deer antlers ever, and they belonged to a prehistoric deer by the name of Megaloceros gigantus, and let me tell you, it lives up to its name, because the largest antlers ever found in the world were a whopping 12 feet wide, 5 feet high. To put that into perspective, an African elephant is 12 feet high. I don't know why all my comparisons have to do with elephants today, but maybe deer and elephants are more similar than we thought. Also, did you know that the Latin name for this extinct deer literally translates to giant antlers? You really can't get any more obvious than that. Their antlers are so big, it's in their name. 
Antlers are incredibly unique. The genes that are turned on in a cell that's destined to become an antler cell are very closely associated with cancer cells found in humans. But surprisingly, deer are five times less likely to have cancer than most mammals. Also, antler cells grow much faster than cancer cells. Somehow they found a way to harness the fast growth without the risk of -of out-of-control growth, such as with cancer cells. That's why cancer cells are so dangerous, because they spread into surrounding tissue and grow and divide uncontrollably, causing tumors, which is no good. Scientists hope to learn from these deer-antler growth abilities to better understand cancers in humans, specifically bone cancer, and who knows, one day it may lead to humans harnessing the ability to regrow limbs, though I won't hold my breath. Let's give it up to all those moms out there. I have a lot of friends who are first-time mothers, and one thing they all crave is a good night's sleep. And I know exactly what I'm going to get them as a gift. Brooke Linen Sheets. Because we know that after conquering a day of motherhood, they've all earned the best of the best. So let's give them the gift they will love for years to come. To all you moms, whether new mothers, grandmothers, or any other mother in your life, thank you. You deserve to catch up on those cozy Zs. Brooklyn makes award-winning bedding that is perfect for every occasion, whether moving, celebrating your favorite newlyweds, or treating yourself. Let Brooklyn's cozy bedding, towels, and other home essentials be the gift that keeps on giving all day and all night. I just treated myself to some Brooklyn sheets for our new home in Germany, and I am in love. Brooklyn's best-selling luxe satin sheets have a buttersoft feel and a luxurious finish that is great for all types of sleepers. Looking for a natural option? Brooklinen's latest launch features an organic collection, and you know I'm all about that organic stuff. Check out their site to learn all about their different styles of sheets and find your perfect match. Just like I did. After I've been sleeping with Brooklinen sheets, I honestly get the hype. And let me tell you, they've really turned our new apartment abroad into a home. Every morning, I wake up feeling like I got all of the Z's I needed. I was just out of town for a week, and the first thing I said to my fiancé Mitch on the plane ride back was, I can't wait to be in my own bed, and Brooklinen is 100% a part of why I miss my bed so much. So what are you waiting for? Get to brooklinen.com to gift yourself or your loved ones the rest they deserve. First-timer, get 15% off your first purchase, and don't forget to sign up for the emails to keep up-to-date on exclusive offers, new products, and much more. Shop in-store or visit brooklinen.com for all things comfort. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N-D-O-T-C-O-M for the best in-class everything for your best home. By now, you know many animals that can regrow parts of their bodies. But one of the most impressive species I've ever seen regrow limbs is the axolotl. I have to talk about the axolotl because they're super cute water dragons, but when it comes to regenerative abilities, they got it down. They can regrow not only limbs, but spinal cords, lungs, heart, parts of their brain, among other things. Part of this has to do with their genomes. They have the largest genome ever sequenced. Axolotls have a staggering 32 billion base pairs, whereas humans only have about 3 billion base pairs. Axolotls are also neotenic, which means they retain traits only seen in juveniles of similar species. 
One of my favorite adorable larval features that they retained throughout their life are their little frilly gills that look like a cute pink hairdo. Also, one thing they will never do is that they'll never leave the water. Unlike tadpoles that eventually turn into frogs, axolotls never naturally gain the ability to walk on land, like most other adult amphibians. I'll get into that more in depth a bit later on, but know that it's partially due to their ability to stay young that they can rejuvenate lost limbs and organs so successfully. Despite having this healing ability, it's their juvenile state and their dependence on the water that can ultimately be their downfall, because their habitat is at risk. Axolotls live in a very specific location in the Valley of Mexico. It's a lake called Lake Xochimilco. And unfortunately, their habitat in this area is greatly limited. But axolotls need this water habitat to survive. Their home shrinks and shrinks, with no hope of journeying to another lake or pond. Although being neotenic does appear to hold them back a bit, it seems to be the key in their rejuvenating abilities. The word neotenic quite literally means to stretch youth. Developmental processes are stunted or occur much slower than any other ancestoring species, causing retention of juvenile traits. Other animals with neotenic traits are dogs, with their floppy ears, large eyes, and rounded foreheads. And also humans are neotenic. They're kind of like immature chimps, small jaws, sparse body hair, flat faces. In fact, humans sexually mature five years later than chimps do. Dogs and humans may have neotenic traits, but as far as I know, no ability to regrow limbs, which is a bummer. I found out something very interesting when I was researching axolotls and their maturing process. It may be impossible for them to reach adulthood in nature, but they can unnaturally in a lab. They've done studies where they injected iodine into the axolotl, and then the axolotl experiences puberty and adulting times a thousand. It causes a rush of hormones that make the axolotl quite literally grow up. The axolotl will lose those cute little frills on the side of their head, and they'll also be able to walk outside of water. I looked up a picture of a mature axolotl, and quite frankly, it looks like an awkward naked mole rat if it was a lizard. It definitely isn't supposed to be that way. I much prefer them in the water, cute frilly gills and all. And if you are an axolotl, adulting is hard. It actually proves to be worse for the axolotl to reach maturity because it causes them to experience shorter lifespans and they lose some of their self-healing abilities. It also didn't really help me to mature much either. <laughs> As babies, it makes sense to have regenerative abilities. Juveniles have a lot of competition with each other when it comes to axolotls. They will actually even snack on each other's limbs, so it helps to be able to regrow them for survival. On a side note, you'd be surprised to find out just how many siblings eat each other in the wild world of animals. Small golden eagles attack other younger siblings. And when it comes to sand tiger sharks, they will actually eat each other while still in the womb. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So we know axolotls regrow limbs, but how exactly do they grow limbs? How does this whole process work? You're a baby axolotl and realize, oh no, my brother ate my arm. Not to worry, time to regrow a new one. First, tissues stimulate growth in the area. Skin cells divide and cover the wound. It's important to note that the axolotl wants to cover up that wound just to ensure that no bad bacteria can get inside and cause an infection. 
Then, progenitor cells can develop in various body tissues depending on what needs to be regrown. They form a mass at the site of injury. Then, nearby nerves secrete growth-promoting proteins. Over the next few weeks, a new limb will regrow as cells proliferate, which means reproduce rapidly, and generate into the correct order. It sounds like magic to me. And it also makes me think of that Harry Potter movie where he broke his arm, and then they did a spell that got rid of all the bones, and then he had to drink this gross potion that made the bones grow back again. I kind of like to think that's what an axolotl does, hopefully not as painful. Are there any other Harry Potter fans out there that remember that scene? Like we talked about before in Deer, this process of rapid cell growth could potentially lead to uncontrolled growth, which results in tumors. Rapid cell growth does often lead to cancer in many species, but axolotls are remarkably resistant to cancer. Again, another animal that can reproduce organs, and they're kind of cancer immune. I'm starting to see a connection. We must harness this ability for our own benefit, which is what a lot of scientists are again doing with the axolotl, unsurprisingly. You may see axolotls everywhere on social media, TikTok, Instagram, swimming in their little tanks and think, wow, they're so abundant, there's no way they're going to go extinct. But that simply is not true. They're abundant as pets, but in their natural wild habitat, they're diminishing. And this is due to urban water pollution, shrinking lake systems, commercial development, hunting, climate change, and invasive species such as carp and tilapia that will gobble up these cute little water dragons. And it truly is a shame because they're such fascinating creatures, and their ability to regenerate lost limbs and organs is super fascinating. Ancient Aztecs thought so too, so much so that they named the axolotl after a god. Axolotl is named after the god Shalut, which is the god of fire, lightning, sickness, and deformities. In the Aztec legend, the god Shalut got mixed up in a political affair and feared he would be banished or worse killed. To avoid being captured, he transformed into, you guessed it, an axolotl. The Aztecs believe that because of the axolotl's regenerative powers and strange looks, it was the manifestation of the god Shalot. They also believed that the axolotl was a gift of food supplied to them in their lakes. After hearing this story, I did some digging and found out that yes, this cute little water dragon is still eaten today. A Japanese restaurant called Chinjuya in Yokohama, Japan, serves these pink little cute creatures. Chinjuya literally means rare animal, and they have a lot of animals that they serve there, such as ostrich, giant isopods that look like big roly-polies, giant rabbits, and camel. If you look at the Yelp in the pictures of the axolotl, it kind of looks like a smiling chicken nugget. A bit creepy, not for me. I'm not sure if you want to look it up and see it, but it's there. Speaking of edible animals that can regenerate, starfish! Yes, the very animal that sparked the rabbit hole for this episode. I do wonder if eating animals that can regenerate limbs is more sustainable. There's an endless supply of limbs that can just regrow themselves. It also sounds like the beginning of a horrific, scary movie. When it comes to street food, starfish is pretty popular on the menu in Thailand, China, Indonesia, and it's often served on a stick, kind of like a little fairy wand. The meat inside of the legs of the starfish is edible, but it's said to be an acquired taste. 
People who have tried it say, very much like the sea urchin, it tastes like the ocean. Some even say it's tasteless. Only a small percentage of what the starfish is made of is edible meat. Anything outside of the starfish is inedible, such as its shell, hard skin, and little feet. And that stuff could also be poisonous. Is it worth it? I don't know. I've tried some pretty crazy things, so I'd like to think that I have an open mind enough to try starfish. Curiosity could get the best of me. Would you try it? Some species of starfish are actually 100% poisonous, such as the crown of thorn starfish, and it's named after the biblical crown of thorns that you see on Jesus' head. It's also known as one of the largest starfish in the world. Some are bright blue with 20 or so arms and are covered in blood-red venomous spikes. These spikes are toxic to humans and other marine animals. Warning, do not eat that spicy, big, 20-armed thing you see in the ocean, just in case you get tempted. There are around 2,000 different species of starfish. I mean, there could be more. We're finding new species every day. On a side note, starfish aren't fish, so scientists prefer to call them sea stars. For the rest of this podcast, I'm going to call them sea stars just to sound a bit more scientific. I'm pretty sure I said starfish all the way in this podcast up until now, so let's switch that. The legs of the sea star range from about 5 to 40. The trophy for the sea star with the most legs is the sunflower sea star. It looks like a sunflower that fell into a nuclear waste bucket and is now alive. It has around 16 to 24 limbs, and it can grow up to 50. That's too many legs. What are they doing with all those legs? And yes, they can regenerate all of them. If a starfish loses any of its limbs, it can regrow them easy-peasy. It can even grow a whole new body from one of its detached arms, if enough of the center is intact. So yes, it can clone itself. This is one of those animals where I'm like, alien or just a sea creature? Because a lot of sea creatures seem very alien to me. The central disc is essential to regeneration in nearly all sea star species, because all those vital organs needed in order to survive are located in each one of those arms, including a digestive tract, reproductive organs, and they don't have a brain, but they do have a complex nervous system that helps them make decisions centralized in the ring around its mouth. Like the axolotl, the sea star must first repair the open wound, preventing infection. Once that is healed, the sea star can regenerate new cells. Depending how much the sea star has to regenerate, it can take anywhere from several months to a full year to fully grow back body parts. I was almost surprised to find out it took that long for a sea star to grow back itself, but then I thought, if my arm was detached, it would be a miracle if an entire body grew back in a year. So then I silenced my judgmental self, and I looked at the sea star and was like, you're impressive. I want to end this podcast with a funny story about some fishermen trying to get rid of sea stars and drastically failing, and it goes a little something like this. Oyster fishermen used to cut sea stars in half with a knife and then toss them back in the ocean to protect their precious oysters from being gobbled up by hungry sea stars because oysters just so happened to be one of their favorite meals. And they happen to be one of my favorite meals too.
But this proved to be a very bad idea. They were actually increasing the population of starfish because, as it turns out, they actually doubled the population when they cut those starfish in half because the starfish just regenerated an entire body off of that half. I just realized I said starfish like 10 times. Sea stars. I need to put that in my head. Sea stars. I am a scientist. <laughs> This is a story where science could have helped the oyster fishermen not waste their time, because when they were mean to starfish, it ended up depleting their oyster population that much more. This is pretty much the ultimate example of karma. Thank you so much for listening to this episode about regenerating lost limbs. I hope you enjoyed and learned so much. If you enjoy this or any other episode that I have up in the arsenal, please share it with other curious minds and tell me what makes you curious. I'd love to find inspiration for future episodes. This has been Little Curiosities. I'm your host, Kendall Long, and next time you see an axolotl video, or maybe if you're lucky, you see one in person, I hope you think of me. Until next time. Little Curiosities with Kendall Long is a Q Code production. Executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson. Produced by Ryan Countshouse. Edited by Neely Oftering. Music by Kendall Long and Will Tendy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I'm Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Mimi Leakes, Teresa Judai, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade! And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts.